You're listening to an encore presentation of Faith and Family. Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Some great topics today. Thinking about that, maybe that uh, that young couple or that 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 new uh, th- those newlyweds and what that that first year f- might be like. How we can support them. What are the challenges they might face? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're looking at this first year of marriage. What are some of the challenges you might face? Why is it so challenging? Why is it so difficult? Well, we're going to talk with a friend about that and uh, help us think through some of those things. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Joining us by phone this morning, our returning guest, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman of Grace Place Wellness Ministries. Deaconess Heidi, welcome back. Hi, Andy. Hi, everyone. Good to have you back with us. Hey, how are things going with your your work as Deaconess for uh, for uh, Grace Place Wellness and all the other things? You're writing all the time, too, doing lots of things, a uh, uh, licensed clinical social worker. You're, just, you're, you're busy all over the place. And, <laughs> and a mom and a wife, too, of course. Yeah, it's exciting work. Like it's it, God gives me the challenges for each new day, each new month, and we just kind of map them out and see where he has us going. So um, I feel so blessed to be part of not only my husband, ministry, but kind of that national work of the LCMS at large to support our church work families. Um, and I have the blessing of, you know, just lifting them, lifting them up daily in prayer and um, writing for the women in our churches and providing some resources so that um, each of us can go out and do ministry. And so, yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff. My husband often asks me like, so what are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Now you mentioned uh, supporting wives in and and women uh, in in the work that that they have in their their role in ministry. Particularly, one of the things you do is providing um, some Bible study for them, right? That's true. Yeah, on um, my blog, I love my We have um, kind of the pinnacle work of the blog is these um, women's Bible study sessions that are all online. Um, And so it's just been so exciting right now. We're studying the book of Isaiah in our study called He Calls Me Loved. And we're um, in week seven of eight. And the women have been studying hard. We have five posts a week, but women can do it one day, two days, five days, um, and at their own pace on their phones or at their computers. Um, And we do have some churches have really grabbed onto that and been able to offer it for their church community and then maybe had a separate discussion group. Um, it's just lots of ways. We're all being very creative to try to get the word into our people. Um, and that really is, um, you know, I feel like one of the works that God has given me is just one more woman in the word every day. Um, and so I just really enjoy studying the, with them, hearing their insights. You know, I learned so much too. Um, and it's a great way to share then your faith also, because we know that social media and, um, our lives just fill up with all these other things. And so if, if we have a simple way that we can pass on the faith and share, um, something that resonated with us in the word that day, um, and, and fill social media with pleasant things, things of the Lord, um, how great a work that is to be done. And so, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I hope everyone's enjoying it. I get a lot of feedback, which really helps me to keep going and keep writing every day like you. <laughs> Said. Yeah, I, I like your idea of filling up social media with those things that are good and beautiful 
powerful mm-hmm. and true. Mm-hmm. You know that the, particularly the the word of God as we learn in it, even though it you know it might not always be the things that uh, th- even as we study God's word, there's His law there too, and it might not necessarily be what we want to hear, but sometimes it's certainly mm-hmm. what we need to hear, what we need to read for that day. Right, right. I really feel pretty passionately about not covering up the messy of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're all in this together, and really, the messy with God is so beautiful. It just really is beautiful, and so that's one thing. You know, when we started, uh, I started working on the marriage blogs and stuff became even more clear to me because so much of the faith life in the home in particular gets really messy. It's kind of our messiest places because we get to be ourselves. Um, and so I, and the church should look that way too, you know, <laughs> it really should be the place we can be ourselves. Um, but in that messy, God does his best work. You know, he says, when we are weak, then he is strong and he means it. And, and that's really what we're looking at today when it comes to this uh, this institution of marriage that God has given us. Uh, sometimes it's not always as as blissful or as beautiful as we, you know, these uh, fairy tale stories make it sound. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's true. We're not in a Disney movie. Praise the Lord. I, I think so much grace would be lost if it looked perfect all the time. Grace isn't about the perfection. It's about the imperfection and God working in that. And, and it really is hard. You know, it's hard. I don't want to minimize that. Um, probably why the name of the article that I originally wrote that, um, we're chatting about is why the first year of marriage is so stinking hard. Cause we just have to be honest. Um, I kept hearing from other women, you know, Dave and I have been married 16 years and I could, I could keep professing. Like it was really hard that first year in a way I didn't expect. Um, and good, but hard. And then I kept hearing it from other, other women in particular, um, because that's my jam. That's usually kind of who I'm hanging out with. Um, but at the same time, like I've heard it edified too, that, uh, it's not just us girls, you know, that it is just hard for both members of the couple. So there are challenges, but let's, let's talk about, first of all, the, the biblical concept Mm -hmm. of, uh, of marriage, uh, and, and how the, the scriptures, one of the ways that the, that God's word, demonstrates or, or teaches us about marriage, this concept of leaving and cleaving that we see uh, in, in the Old Testament. Right, right. You know, when I started looking, and it's funny because my computer now can auto-guess that I want to look at Genesis 2. <laughs> you know, I just can't stop looking at it. Um, it's There's so much uh, in the passage. I mean, we could hash it out all day. Um, but I think if we start at Genesis 2, um, 22, and go through 25, we'll be in a good place So do you mind if I read that? Go right ahead. Okay. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Yeah. So I think Genesis 2... Like I said, there's so much in that, Um, but especially when you're talking about a a new marriage, you know, the new of it all. Um, Therefore, we cannot pass up. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That really is that work of leaving and cleaving. Um, And to be honest, like I have yet to see a lot of resources about this, um, this concept that we 
are in an action that we do that's clearly uh, the work of the Spirit, supporting and building us up to be able to do this. But what, what does that even begin to look like? I think if you took a small sample, like a lot of people would be hard-pressed to give like a very clear answer, like, oh, leaving and cleaving. You know, yeah, you, you leave your family and you become one flesh, but what, what does that look like, you know? Right. What does that, that mean to, to leave one family and, and then cleave to your spouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like the, the ESV translation, especially has that language for cleave of hold fast. Mm. I mean, I think in marriage, we could maybe return to that daily, like hold fast, just hold fast. Um, the world is usually trying to kind of pull us apart you know the uh the work of the flesh will always try to pull us apart um but god is um in us and with us and helping us to hold fast and doing that work so what does that look like in today's society to to hold fast to what i mean you mentioned earlier we were bombarded with all kinds of things with social media we have busy schedules we have uh what we used to think was a nine to five work schedule but that's kind of all over the place now too um we have all kinds of things that that are are you know begging for our time that and and sometimes we're we're kind of stressed over trying to decide where is the appropriate place for me to spend my time is it mm-hmm. work family how do i balance this uh what does that mean today to for to hold fast to his wife Right. Uh, what does that mean for a husband? Why is that challenging today? Why is it mm-hmm. difficult? Well, I think for so many of the reasons, and this is like a little bit of my uh, therapist, like social worker hat too, but um, so much of it goes back to our family of origin, you know, the family that we grew up in. And that's really what this work is about is becoming a new family. So you were once in one family um, and that family is still very much a part of you, but your your family of origin, your now your nucleus, um, that naked and unashamed place it talks about is in a new place. You have this new family, um, and that and you hold fast to that. Um, especially early on in marriage, I think there's moments where we're like, we want to, in in big ways and little ways, want to return to that. Uh, previous family, uh, whether nostalgia takes over and we're like, oh, remember when I was a kid and it was so much easier and my mom (laughs) made me dinner, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or um, if we think that our spouse, they have a different way of doing things. You know, they don't do the laundry the same way or they um, uh, go to bed um, at a certain time. You know, there's just all these like weird little nuances. Um, and we didn't grow up with that. We That wasn't part of our family before. We did it differently. Um, and so just getting used to all of that is part of the holding fast. And I really believe um, that the holding fast is like a continuous action. It's not, um, you know, something you, you do, like you get married and suddenly it happens. Um, uh, it is just kind of something that you build, you know, the Lord builds the house um, or else the laborers labor in vain. Like he's always doing that with us. Um, and it's a duality, you know, Christ has made us one flesh at that altar when we profess our vows to one another completely and utterly. But at the same time, we are working toward one flesh, you know, more and more as we see the day approaching almost. It's it's really complex. Um, and like I said, I haven't completely hashed all of it out. So I keep returning to Genesis 2 to kind of find out more um, of what the word has to say about that 
concept of, of holding him fast and becoming one. But the family of origin really is part of the complication. You know, we, we love our families too, and there's some family dynamics maybe where our families are each pulling us and pushing us in one direction. Um, I mean, how many people's families want them to be there at Christmas? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't be two places at one time often. Um, and so there's uh, those little things that kind of poke at our marriage um, and maybe cause some dissension, some argument. Um, but that is the good work of leaving and cleaving. You know, like you said earlier, it's a challenge. Uh, but, oh, it's so wonderful to come out the other side and to have that conversation. You're just building a marriage. You're becoming on one page, you know. Um, and so it's good. It's a good thing to have those discussions and even those arguments for the for that that newlywed couple who you know still has those oh the the those rose colored glasses. Everything is all about mushy and gushy and all about love and and marriage is is just going to be well it's it's just going to be perfect because I married the the love of my life. But then start to they start to uh, well reality of the fact that that one sinner married another mm-hmm. uh, starts to set in and that they they perhaps do approach things differently have different ways of going about things or uh, one does something the other just really doesn't like or or can't stand mm-hmm. uh, when when that first starts to set in the reality starts to set in um, how how do they how do you deal with that? How do you face that reality, especially that the first time around when you first start to realize, okay, this isn't a fairy tale story. Right. Well, and I think that um, newlyweds, uh, like we have to give them a little bit more credit. Like I, they, they know. <laughs> I mean, you know, they like secretly know. <laughs> it's like you're right. Everything has these rose colored glasses, but I think that's a gift of God. Otherwise, we'd never get married. You know, mm-hmm. people are difficult, and the idea of living with someone for the rest of your life—it's um, pretty remarkable that we commit to that. And it's a, thing, a work of God. You know, it's a beautiful thing that He is like, "I'm going to work in you two people, and you can do this. Like, you can do it." Um, and so, I think He gives us all. All that, I mean, just so much is of God. All that, like, love that comes on us and we're like, I just, I have to be with this person. I I can't imagine my life without them, you know. Um, You need that to do the leaving and cleaving. You you need that. It's going to put you into uh, where you need to be for the coming years, you know, and the the hard work. Um, And you'll return to it. I'm sure, Andy, you've had a moment with your wife when you turned to her. And you've been married for several years now, but you're like, I can't believe I get to be married to her. Mm -hmm. And that kind of comes on you again. You know, God gives you those spurts at those moments. Um, And so I think that's a really, really good thing. Um, I do think that we can do more to support the couple and to talk through these things. Um, I have an article coming up that I'm working on right now that's like, who's your marriage rock stars? Um, Because we all need marriage mentors. We need people that we can look to and say, what does this look like? You know, it's not the world is certainly not showing us what it should look like. Correct. You know, right. am I wrong? Um, but we need part of the work of the church that we can offer, especially in our time in our culture and our place is marriages that, that look 
like work but look good and look like they're um, valuable um, and something to be a part of. Um, and so I think opening the conversation, inviting newlywed couples over, inviting pre-marriage couples over and dating couples and all along that spectrum of stages, um, having conversation, how's marriage, how's dating, how, what does that look like, you know, is really where the, the work is going to be done is in that life together. Hmm. It, it, I remember from uh, our wedding uh, when my wife and I got married uh, almost nine years ago. Next mm-hmm. month it'll be nine years. And uh, I remember Pastor in the uh, the address in the wedding saying, Andy, today you're marrying a sinner. <laughs> and I mean, that was the, the beginning of the, the, the sermon, really. And, and we were facing Pastor, so we were facing away from the congregation. My wife ever so eloquently turned around to the congregation and said, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that really is such an important concept every day in marriage. And that's one thing I had written in the article about the first year of marriage is that you're combining two families. Like, don't forget that. Like you both have your ideas from growing up and everything. um, And you're leaving that for a new family, but then you're also combining two personalities. Um, I think that we marry someone because they look so different from us. Like, you're like, oh, this person's so cool. Like, Dave is so patient. He's so patient. And I am not. I never have been. Um, And it's something I work on. And so I think that part of him looks so amazing and just great. And then we get married and everything is a little slower for him. And so I'm like, oh, I don't, suddenly I don't like patience, you know? And so those personalities that we fell in love with, we kind of have to remember what we loved about them. But then we're also combining two wills and those wills are sinful wills. They're the old Adam inside of us that want what we want when we want it, you know, the way we want it. Um, And so that part of uh, learning to live in the 24-7 together, um, but also recognizing like when we're being sinful, um, living in repentance and confession together, taking the log and planks out of our eyes is all just done so much more intimately in marriage than it is, um, you know, at work or even at church or all those different other places in life. Um, And so it makes it, uh, I think, a little harder because of the level of intimacy involved. It's so personal. What about, you know, you mentioned earlier that they do laundry differently or they do this or do that differently or, you know, trying just to figure out how to, how to share the household duties, the household chores and, and, and do those everyday things around the house. Right. Uh, advice for how we approach that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think Dave and I, like we wrote our own like pre-marriage counseling uh, selections uh, mainly because our pastor who married us, Pastor Stephen Smith at Concordia University of Wisconsin, he uh, offered us this free space, uh, and he taught and taught and taught. But one of the sessions was an entire session on how to combine household activities <laughs> and chores. And it was so valuable. Like, we still return to whatever we talked about there to refigure ourselves out, you know. Um, and so he told us to set up kind of a chore chart. You know, you take a lot of things for like there's dishes and they're going to be um, uh, done. You know, someone mm-hmm. will do them because that's kind of how it went when you were a kid. Like somebody just did stuff. Um, 
I'm sorry. Can you hear that beeping or is it just on my end? It just goes silent for a second, but that's okay, all right. We're good. I'm sorry. My yes, phone, fun <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, and, and that doesn't happen that way. Now you're kind of the adult and you guys mm-hmm. have to figure out who's going to do that in your house. Um, and so Dave and I, you know, we have an original chore chart and it's funny how much of it we kept, like how much mm-hmm. I do and how much he does. But then at the same time, we actually make little deals with each other. Like, I don't really think I have time to mop the floor this week. If you do that, can I do this? You know, and we'll swap it all the time, but it becomes less of a big deal, uh, because you had the primary conversation where you mm-hmm. figured out that, uh, like we had a kind of a difficult argument originally about whether um, Dave was ever going to cook food. (laughs) He just doesn't enjoy it. He didn't ever think about it because it's not how his family rolled. Um, And in my family, my dad did most of the cooking. Um, But I'm so glad we had that conversation. Um, And even with Pastor Smith involved, helping us kind of figure it out, because then um, we knew what we were getting into a little bit more. And not that you, if you, if you didn't have that conversation, it's, you can always have it, you know? Um, but I'm so grateful that if you can bring it into the light, you know, then you can uh, begin to move forward instead of kind of be trapped in that darkness where then you're just getting irritated and then it moves to bitterness, you know, um, just have the conversation. That that conversation certainly is is valuable. I remember when my wife and I were going through premarital counseling as well, and one of the things that was really valuable in that assessment, that instrument that helps us look at what are our what are our strengths, what are areas where we really have some room to grow, mm-hmm. uh, we we scored pretty high on communication. We were able to communicate well in the other areas where we scored low. Pastor wasn't so concerned because we were able to communicate well, and I think what you're pointing out. Here is the same thing that if you can, if you can communicate regularly and you can communicate well, uh, you can work through those other things like uh, the chores or just day to day mundane things. Mm-hmm. You can work through those if you can communicate well, especially if you can do that uh, practicing uh, humility and forgiveness. Right. I think remembering this number one thing that I just feel so passionately about is that home is meant to be a place of grace. It really should be more than any other place in our lives, just filled with grace. And I am, I'm working on this daily, right? I am definitely still a sinner. I want to provide that for my husband and my family. Um, but just even in talking about the art of communication, like we're going to fail. We're going to look ugly sometimes in the way that we talk. Um, and so that forgiveness is just so elemental, um, knowing that it's always there. And I think that's that naked and unashamed. It's very much connected um, in Genesis 2 to the leaving and cleaving and the holding fast of marriage is being able um, to be forgiven and forgiven again and forgiven again um, in a way that we may not experience in other places in our life. Um, if, If we can have that with our spouse, um, I think that is, um, the root, you know, the root of us understanding who God is in our lives. Like we just can offer so much in marriage then. And that's why those new couples get married. Um, they want to be known and to know, um, and that's God's work in us. And one way that we can see him is in sharing the word together and forgiving one another. We see more of God. And that's where, that's what marriage is, is all about. It's a is it not a mirror of uh, 
who God is for us and that forgiveness that he has for us. We, we mirror that in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And I think we um, take for granted that um, Ephesians 5, for instance, or other passages in the scripture, even this one in Genesis 2 is so theological. Um, and it is, but we, uh, wow, is it not seriously practical too that God intended for um, us to see him in that work of marriage. Um, and how do we do that? We do it by active forgiveness, by honoring one another, by um, attempting to communicate even when we're failing at it miserably, you know, because of our own tongue or mm-hmm. um, just continuing that work of the spirit uh, in us every day. So, yeah, I think that uh, you just really hit the nail on the head when you say communication is so valuable and what's the hallmark of communication as far as God is concerned is expression of grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that humility, that grace, that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, Heidi, we are, we're all out of time. Where can our listeners uh, read more and, and, and follow you? Sure. Well, ilovemyshepherd.com is probably the best place to find me. Um, and there's even a tab on there for marriage and family, and it lists all the articles that I've written for Concordia Publishing House on that. Um, and then I do do a fair amount of work on mental health and specialized therapies. So they can always uh, find all my email information and everything right there on the blog i love my shepherd.com so thanks for having me andy it's always a joy oh my pleasure thanks for being our guest today god's blessings on your work thank you thanks Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.